Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and I'm here with the entire team, and we're going to jump right into this because we have some uh, big distances to cover tonight as the team finds themselves after getting some assistance from and a smuggler in Kathmandu, they find themselves on the side of a mountain in a fairly large copse of trees waiting for contacts, waiting for six men to arrive that will help them make the trek up to Rupkund, uh, which is known as the Lake of Bones. And that's where we kind of left off. Everybody had kind of jumped out of a plane. It was a real action event very sequence of a lot of screaming and yelling from Catherine and uh, basically some sort of a, you know, Nacho Libre Anaconda squeeze from Ella Walcott as she and John Schooley jumped out of the plane together on one shoot. So <laughs> there, there was that whole imagery of, you know, just latching on. But everybody made it to the ground safely and uh, that's where we're going to start. So players, welcome back. And um, yeah, you got there and the sun had just started to crest over the top of the mountain. You had enough light to to actually make the descent with the chutes. Sid was down first from the jump and was really good about helping everybody out of their chute, getting the chutes tied up real quick, bundled up and then hidden, you know, with rocks or dug into the snow a little bit because there is some frost and snow couple inches deep in this area. It will get deeper uh, as we trek the next couple days. But right here, you're at about 13,000, 14,000 feet. Let's say 13,000 feet. And um, while it's a little, it's cool, it's not freezing cold or anything. There's the snow on the ground is what's left of, you know, some pack ice and stuff like that. So this is where you are. You're in these trees. And what do you want to do? You, you know that you have, according to the pilot, two, three hours minimum before the others arrive. Is anybody want to grab something to eat? Are you doing any type of checks on every on the equipment you have? Chorgi is here. She's The packs were jumped out first. Uh, they're not all in this area, so a couple of you probably should scour around for the rest of the equipment. Uh, we could have volunteers for that, and uh, we'll go from there. So who wants to do what? Sid, any ideas? I'll, uh, I'll scour for gear. That's fine. All right, anybody want to join Sid? Well, okay, Faye, Ella, Catherine, John, everybody, I guess. Before... John's not raising his hand. He's probably the only one not going to <laughs> scour for gear. Keeper, <laughs> He's like, I just double tandem jumped. Screw you. Go get the gear. <laughs> <laughs> I came down at 65 miles an hour and, and tucked and rolled beautifully. Somebody else <laughs> get the keeper. <laughs> yeah, John. <laughs> well, John asks... Um... Because because uh, uh, Chorgi is with us, right? Yes. Is there is there any? I mean, this is we're in the wilds here. Are there any uh, you know creatures or animals that uh, that uh, creatures? Are there any animals that that roam you uh, know roam this area? You know, naturally, or you know, should we should we be looking out for anything? It's uh, there's no. I don't think there's bears in the Himalaya, right? Are there are there bears in at the lower at lower altitude? I mean, there's bears in a lot of parts of the world. I don't. I'm not saying polar bears. 
But there's definitely, you know, there's I'm sure there's a brown bear or something, nothing like a grizzly. But this time of year, they, yeah, 13,000 feet. Yeah, I think they'd still be okay. Uh, more, she tells you more that there are a couple of, you know, solitary hunters, a couple cats, uh, lynxes and stuff like that. But they tend to stay away. Humans are pretty big. Nothing that's going to, should track us. Uh, there's mountain goats, we, rams. Yeah. Set up a watch or anything like that? Yeah, it's that, probably or? not a bad idea. She says more than anything, you know, we also know that the men who did these terrible things are, you know, 18, 20 hours behind us. So I would think that's even more important, you know, to break out our binoculars and just keep an eye out for things. I'll stay here and keep an eye out. Yeah. If you guys are going to church around. All right. So pick Sid, pick two others to go with you. We don't want to leave John alone. At, we don't, we want to keep at least twos at all time. So before Sid can pick his buddies to go and scour, mm -hmm. I want to do a cursory examination of everybody, particularly myself, because I took the worst tumble. Am I yes. okay? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, great. Everybody else? Hi, no. okay. <laughs> In what sense? <laughs> Physically, I'm sure you're fine. Mentally, you probably took a beating. Yeah. Um, you, um... Yeah. Um, bit frazzled, sore throat. We'll need some tea with honey because of all the screaming. <laughs> Right. Um, okay, now that everybody's fine, I'll stay with, uh, with Professor Schooley and keep watch. Translation, keep warm. Got it. And, and, and glower. Okay. But you do best. I'm, I'm just oh, gonna no, do... I, I might want to try to teach Catherine some meditation techniques. Oh, okay. that's gonna go over so well. <laughs> I, I, what, I breathe? I, I just sit here? What are you, a beatnik? In the damp. <laughs> in the damp in the cold. On a wet beatnik. pile of I'm earth. sure you're probably... <laughs> I'm sure you're probably better than Faye. Faye can't sit still to save her life, so she'd probably be opening up her eyes and is like, I don't feel a difference. You still feel like me. Maybe Catherine will be like Ron Swanson and secretly like amazing at meditating. Could be. All right, so Maybe. Ella, Faye, and Sid. Chorky tells you that since the equipment was dropped first, it should be this way, and she points to it. And she says that she'll stay here. She knows the area pretty well and everything, but... She's going to sit here and she just starts gathering sticks and things and looks at John and Catherine and says, the men coming to meet us may have come very far. So I going to set in case we have to sleep a few hours before moving on. Don't know how long they've been trekking to get to us here. So she starts laying out broken branches and stuff on the ground to kind of make it softer and a little bit more, you know, off the, the earth where, you know, if there was any moisture or any wetness, uh, it'll at least give you some comfort for that. She does that just taking a small, you know, machete-type implement, a sharp little axe or something, and cutting away. But the three of you, you start walking. It's wide. It's just rolling tall sides of mountains and hills. Very much, um, to get a visual from Lord of the Rings, it would have been as, you know, before they hit the frozen, you know, tundra of the pass those big shots in New Zealand on the top of the mountains and the hills all around them. You got a couple of flat spots and then you got these, you know, these grand climbs and these long, long, just fading away hillsides. But that's what you see. Again, we're in, you know, late part of the summer. So you should, you know, this isn't like it's permafrost or anything. It, it is warming up a little bit up here and you end up walking well, why don't you do this? Why don't you tell me, Sid, how far you think you need to walk or you would walk before getting concerned that you're not going to find anything? Well, if they drop the gear first, mm -hmm. we should go back in the direction that the plane came from. Right. And Shorgi kind of showed you that general idea. I would probably walk for, let's say, a half an hour in that direction. Yeah. 
because there would have been dropped, the distance dropped, and then started exactly. to drop us. Everybody, there's miraculously, I think there was three packs, four packs, we're going to say three, uh, that were tossed out of the plane. So each one of you go ahead and give me a luck roll. We'll start with Sid. Sid, go ahead and give me a luck roll. Ha-ha! Nice. My luck is a 62, and I got a 15, so that's pretty good. Yeah, you you find yours. It's pretty far off the, the beaten area. It's like it came down, and it stayed in one piece, but there there is that parachute still attached to it you cut you disconnect that again you roll it up you make sure to secret that away and you do grab the pack it's about 55 60 pounds worth of gear so you know for you it's 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 a good carry but you should you know you get it up on your shoulders it's not a problem now you have an option actually before i say you put it on your shoulders you can give this to someone and keep walking you can send one of the girls back the weakest one with this since this is the closest or you can carry this one down and until you find the other shit and f- carry it back how do you want to handle it that's fine I, i'll give it to either one of them that's fine either um uh, ella or Faye, whichever one wants to take this one and head back and then we'll keep looking ella what's your strength roughly are uh, you strong semi-strong noodles i <laughs> i am an average of 55 strength okay i was trying not to use the number but that's okay Faye, what's your strength? I am strong, like women who want to fight bear. I am no, strong, not. like halfway average person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I'm above average only slightly. Like, right, I can I'm, at least carry some stuff. I can carry oh. me and uh, Chihuahua. Okay, Faye, what's your strength? <laughs> okay. Since we now um, are doing numbers. You want me to say my actual number? Sure. No, why not? Um, It's 50, average. Okay, so the, either one of you can can carry the pack back who would like to go back sid says any of you girls want to stop hoofing this one back i believe oh. i ella would volunteer for herself because it's like oh i do believe miss dawson you mentioned you were more of the explorative type of woman i personally have no idea what i'm doing out here so i'll just take that all right all right sounds good enough i'm not fighting you on that go ahead i know See my way back yeah, back I isn't really her, difficult. I forget the pack on her, you know. Yeah, back isn't really difficult. It's heading All up the, the hill. All of the tracks. Yeah, heading up the hill. Well, again, there's not a ton of snow. There's pop, There's places where there's snow, places where the ground is already cracking through. But you can follow it back up the hill, and then you'll see the trees off in the distance. It's not like, you know, he said a half hour total. So the first pack, you came across that in about 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Not a big deal. All right, Faye, go ahead and give me a luck roll. Ah, no. Oh, my God, my dice. Miss the table, miss the roll. Can't hit the table, I know. can't hit a roll. I thought, I thought there was an automatic 20. I thought that worked. <laughs> that, that's, no. that's a five, right? It was a 20 as no. it slid off the table. I was so distracted by almost sneezing that my dice just fell right out of my hand. I'm not with it today. All right, here we go. And I rolled a 50. I take it. Yeah, because you gave us 10 luck points back. Right. For the listeners at home, if you haven't been following, I was gifted a very beautiful desk chair by my players in the motif of the Lannister family of Game of Thrones, which happens to be my house that I like. Let's not talk about that. In the in the interim, I have gifted everybody back because that's the kind of person I am. Five sanity and ten luck. Faye, did you make okay. the roll? <laughs> I did. I was just making sure um, that you weren't kidding. <laughs> 
um, my luck was a 45, but with the 10, right. um, now it's a 55, so I made it. So Well, I have to have it now it. because I'm afraid you're going to say the chair was a joke and take it out from under my ass. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a rental. <laughs> Enjoy that for the next three days. Enjoy that. <laughs> Listen, Saturday, <laughs> someone's going to swing by named Maurice. Just give him the chair. Um, <laughs> Listen, we pay the shipping charges, so when the bill comes, you'll, you know, they should deduct that portion. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't don't let him don't let him rake you over the coals. Uh, so, Faye, you you see off the uh, you're kind of walking in the same general direction as Georgie's indicated, and you definitely catch a glimpse of something about twenty yards away. And as you approach it, sure enough, it is one of the packs. Uh, this one's, again, about the same weight, about 50, 55 pounds. Your choice, do you want to carry it and stay with Sid, or do you want to start going back? You're about 10 minutes past where Ella had walked. Yeah, I don't want to leave Sid alone, so I'll just put it on my back and just carry it along with him. I've carried heavy gear before. It's not the end of the world. So downhill, not... It's, believe it or not, going downhill with a pack of 50 pounds can be hard on the legs. Uphill, you kind of lean into it. Downhill, you're kind of fighting all that extra weight. It can get a little freaky sometimes. So, not a problem. It's, again, it's not treacherous climbing at this point. It's just the steep hills and stuff. But yeah, you're, you're, you're fine. Sid, go ahead and give me that last luck roll since Ella went back with the original pack you found. That's a hearty miss. Faye, you can go ahead and... Try as well. Okay, here we go. I'm keeping my eyes peeled. I see it now. Sorry, Sid, we didn't find your pack. Oh, I got a 14. <clears throat> Don't you oh, worry, yeah. baby. We're gonna find that pack. I'm concerned. Where are the med supplies? In one of the packs. Okay, good. Um, on my back. How? We would how if they times? don't find all three, Catherine. We would randomly roll. Normally, when you do drops like this, especially if you have the time, you would split a little bit of everything into an area because paratroopers know if I put all the food in one and that one doesn't come down properly or hits the water and go, we, we don't have food. So they try to make bundles that would support a little bit, a little bit of ammo, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But you guys threw this together quickly and it was supposed to go up with mules and porters on the, on the trail. So it would have been a little bit dispersed differently. But for the most part, you know, this isn't a big deal. Faye, you you spy something, you start heading towards it, and it's not the backpack. What it is is a large, what appears to be, pottery, piece of pottery smashed. And the pieces of it are scattered over eight or nine feet. Like something hit it with, you know, or it was dropped from a height or was hit with force or whatever, and it smashed this pottery. Now, you are an archaeologist, you have the ability to try to kind of put the shards in, you know, in your head and kind of arrange them a little bit if you want to take the time, but you are in an exposed area. Should, if somehow Mueller and his men were closer than you anticipated or anybody else, they could see you on the side of this hill. So the answer, the question becomes to you and Sid, do you want to stop and investigate this thing or is it just something that not now, not my problem. We're going to keep moving. I mean, I want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So I, I turn to Sid and I go, no, I could probably figure out what the hell this is. I don't know who threw their crockery down, but I can at least take a look. It's weird that it's out here, but how do you feel about stopping and looking at it? I, I think um, I think that's fine. It, it could be a burial urn. How about you take a look at it and I'll, I'll spy around to make sure that 
we're still good because there's nobody around. I'm going to take off the pack and I'm going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Just because it's probably going to be a lot easier for me to look at this thing without, like, you know, tipping forward by accident because of the weight. Right. Um, so then I'm going to start looking. So I, I take that's an archaeology role. Yep. Or whichever skill you have in it from your digs with your dad, however we set that up. I don't know if we ever did. So I have I have a high history, but I also have a pretty decent archaeology. So whichever we think is... Well, history for this part of the world, one. it's probably going to have to be archaeology. You're trying to... You're not okay. trying to under, You're not trying to research what this is that you found. You're trying to fix or piece together what you found. So this is Understood. this is more of a practical skill. Okay. All right, then here we go. I rolled a twenty-three, so that is a regular success for archaeology for me. The vase or urn or earthenware, because it is that darker clay color. I don't want to say it's. It's that terracotta, because I'm not sure the mud in this part of the world would look that way. But it, it definitely is is some sort of a fired or, or clay pot um, in the tones that... Um, wow. <laughs> Sid Poulter is on a timeout, listeners. Um, he, just, he just said something incredibly bad about Face Father. It really wasn't necessary, Sid. That was just... Um, so Here, we can always I'll do a that. dramatic... No, yeah. I'll do a traumatic reading. <laughs> this weekend, digs with dad. Faye catches dad with a native girl in the bush in the bushes. To which I responded, "I cannot stand you." <laughs> wow, um, that was um. That's fabulous. Points for creativity, but yeah, that was <laughs> right. So, <laughs> as you piece this together, uh, and you're kind of going around and grabbing the shards and everything, it's it's probably it, it's got to be almost five foot tall. Like, you know, it's it was a fairly large urn or pot. So it's face-sized, okay. It's it's about five foot. And it's round at the bottom with a small, like a, a circle, almost picture like a, a snowman, but only two segments. So a big bottom segment, no middle, and then a small segment. So that's kind of the shape of this thing, like uh, almost like a bell uh, in clay. And... It definitely had some sort of a seal on it towards the top, but what was inside probably scattered to the winds or whatever. And you're estimating it could be anywhere from 10 to 60 years old, maybe more. And the only reason you're saying that is because of the fact that you there's ice on some of the pieces. So it would have been here a while, like, you know, or it, it, it's been thawing and, and freezing. You just kind of get an idea that it's, it's fairly current. It's not super, super old. Okay. Um, then I'm I'm relaying this information. Mm-hmm. I know Sid said that he was keeping an eye out, but you know, like I've, I'm probably putting it all together. And as I'm putting stuff together, I'm just telling him everything that I'm seeing. Okay. Noticing. Sid, go ahead and give me one more luck roll to see if you find the pack. Okay. And then we'll go back to the camp and deal with Ella walking back and Catherine. All right, yep. so Sid, you I do, find it. yeah, you do find it off in the distance, and it's pretty much intact. I mean, it, it looks fine, nothing untold about it or weird. Uh, so you you know you grab that one and you you strap that on your back, and within another few minutes, Faye's ready to start either I don't know making her way back. I'm assuming Faye, you're not going to try to rebuild the whole thing, obviously. Um, you were just trying to get a general idea of what it looked like, right? Yeah, um, I'm probably going to write about this. 
when I get back to my stuff, okay. you know, take notes down, remember the general area just in case I want to come back later. But. All right. So up at the where the others are, the wind is starting to really catch. And um, it's blowing at about 20 miles an hour with gusts to about 30, 35. So it, it, it's definitely cooling it off a little bit more. But again, there are, you know, when the sun is baking on the ice and stuff at higher altitudes, it can get warm. That's not here because there's just, there's not ice everywhere or snow. Uh, in these trees, for example, it's kind of just damp ground and, and covered up with just sticks and things that have broken off in the wind over the time and, and everything like that. The rest of you can, you know, you put your camp together. Uh, you keep, every once in a while, someone checks out with binoculars. You see Ella, uh, John, as you're looking out on the horizon and just keeping an eye on the, the general area. You see Ella already trekking back alone with one of the backpacks. I call out to Catherine. Like, one of them's coming back. Catherine is bundled up like Randy from A Christmas Story. Okay, excellent. Um... I can't get up. Like, she's Stay Puff Marshmallow Man looking now. It's like, oh, which one? Bumbles for binoculars. Oh, it's, it's like, Ella. Uh, looks like Ella. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. They let her, they let the new kid come back by herself. Great. Carrying a heavy bag. <laughs> Why aren't she's, they coming back? She's handling again? that pack pretty well. Oh, she's, she's strong like a. <laughs> oh, she's a. We're in schlep mode. Schlepping along. So, Ella. delaying everybody else. Ella, go ahead and just give me one strength check. As you wish, Keeper. Oh no, Ella's not doing so great. First she has the parachute, and now I got a 91 on a strength check. All right. Ella, Ella, Ella. Ella, Ella. Okay, I think this is what happened with Eveline. I had terrible roles the first few nights with her, and then she turned into a machine. So, like, it's beginner's bad luck. I think John jinxed you. (laughs) Yeah. So... Ella, for the <laughs> remainder of the day, just go ahead and make a, a, a note until you can actually get some sleep. Just take eight points of temporary con away. Oh, um, no. And it's okay. not affecting your hit points or anything. It's just exhaustion from the physical exertion of carrying something this far uh, uphill. It just took, it's winded you. So once you get a couple hours of rest, it'll go back to your full number. It's just if we have to make any type of weird check. Uh, your con would be slightly reduced temporarily. And again, it's 13,000 feet. It's a little puffy. Uh, you know, you're not quite used to this, but it's not as high as you're going to go. So right now your body's just feeling the exhaustion a little bit, plus the fatigue of the jump, the fear. Faye, uh, you and Sid also go ahead and make me strength tests, and we'll do the same thing. As long as you have no missed strength test, you're fine getting back up the hill. Otherwise, there'll be a slight con penalty for the day. I made it. Okay. Missed it by one. Do you want to burn the luck or take the temporary yeah. con? Um, I'll just burn the one point of luck. All right. So everybody's back together now. It took probably Sid about an hour to do that hour and a half tops because of phase time for the two of you to come back after seeing the clay pots and stuff like that. Everybody sorts out their equipment. Everybody gets, Catherine, you get your medical supplies organized the way you want. The rest of the morning goes like this until about one o'clock when... Uh, John spots movement coming up the hill and five men, okay? And looks at them. I I call Chorgi over. Yeah. See if she she recognizes them. They're bundled in, you know, fairly decent for this time of year. They're they're still, I mean, for 
Nepal people, they wouldn't wear nearly as much clothing or as we would at this, this time of year is balmy almost for them. But they're, you know, they've, they've got their packs on. There's definitely, uh, they're carrying rifles strapped onto the packs or in their hands. But she looks through the binoculars, uh, John, and immediately says, no, that's them. I, I, I recognize the, the two lead men. I, I know them from around Yingko. Remember, that's her nephew by marriage, right? Her husband yep. was Ying, yep. was his nephew, uh, his uncle. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So she you does. Said there's five men. Five. Did I hear earlier that we were expecting six? Yes. I asked her. I'm like, uh, there's only five. She looks through the glasses again and says, "Yes, five. Okay. <laughs> right now, she, she in very straight fashion. She's a very matter of fact woman. Well, for now, yes. she's like, you're right. That's that's five. <laughs> um." <laughs> We weren't as lucky as we were. Well, they didn't. Yeah, one they didn't. One was eaten by a bear. Was eaten I by told the, you. The bear. Bears. That oh, one bear the bears, in the area. The yetis. <laughs> um, That's why the bear didn't come after us because it ate that other guy. It ate the other guy. That's oh, right. No. Yeah, he's full already. The bald-headed, the bald-headed bear of Clare County is coming for us. Exactly. <laughs> um, about 40 minutes and they reach the edge of the trees and they start, you know, they wave to her and they come in. And they start talking in, in, in the language of Nepal. And then she turns to everybody and says, the other, he's here. He's coming. He'll be here in a moment. Everything okay? He's scouting for them, keeping hills safe, making sure nothing approaches. Oh, and she points and ahead of the trees coming downhill towards you, you see a man with a pretty good looking rifle and good condition and his pack on and everything. So they had someone checking like smugglers would make sure the approach was clear. It was you, nobody else. You know, everything looked Smart. okay. Yeah. And he comes hey. walking in and he smiles at her and everybody hugs. And she says, everyone is safe. We And she tells them, we are safe. We are good. She speaks to them again for a moment and says, they ask if they could just take a meal before we begin. We have about five hours of daylight left. Actually, she was about six. But if they could take a quick meal, it would be appreciated. Would we can all just do something and eat quickly? Is that okay? Of course. Sure, sure, no problem. Faye, are you? You said you wanted to. While everyone's just trying to, they're, and they're eating just simple things to give energy. You know, local nuts, some whatever kind of rudimentary trail mix concept was there back then. You know, roughage and things, but things to give you protein quick as opposed to trying to light a fire. They don't want to light a fire here. They don't think it's necessary. And they're used to living pretty much in secret, um, moving around in this part of the, the mountains quietly and carefully, trying not to raise too much attention. So um, they break out food and whatever was packed for you guys is there as well. Did you want to, you said you, something about wanting to start sketching or working on the an image of what you found is that, did you want to do that? Or are you going to wait till tonight? No, I'll definitely do it. I want to do it while it's still fresh in my mind. And I also um, would have told um, John and Catherine and Ella too about oh, go ahead. what I saw. Yeah, you can go. So, well, while we were out looking for packs, um, I stumbled upon something else. I found this broken, what I think is an urn about my height, probably if it wasn't mashed to bits. Um, but it's, doesn't really look that old. Maybe only a decade, up to 60 years. Nothing left of what was originally in it. I'm not even sure why it's out here. She stands vigil. She waits. 
Who said that? That's Jorgie. Yeah. Oh. Who is she? Clay Maidens. They, when men from this part on this side of the mountain, and the men start nodding, she says, when accidents happen, people go lost in the hills. They, they bring up the Clay Maiden, and they will leave it to watch the sky for them to see if they can find their loved one. Sometimes offerings to the gods of the mountains are are left inside. They are they are a custom of on this side in this part of India for those who go missing in the hills in the highland. Catherine, um, Chorgi, do, it does it mean anything bad if one is broken? Pottery breaks with cold, or, or oh, snow okay. could have shifted. So... I I don't know. <laughs> Nothing like bad. Nothing, nothing crazy. Did She's you looking break around. it? She looks yeah. at Faye. You didn't break it. Oh, God, no. No, no I oh. found it. Um, it, it had ice on it. Oh. So oh. I think it was probably just I wouldn't, the elements. I wouldn't disturb them. They are left here as, as a prayer, as a, a token to the mountain gods. To leave a young, uh, to leave a clay maiden is to say, I give, uh, I give one, send my loved one back. Bring, bring mine down from the mountain. I leave this here for them. Uh, the god claims one. Or many, but for each one lost, one is left. Hopefully a swap. Catherine was just asking because so much strange, bizarre things have happened that, you know, right. what could be an innocuous piece of clay sure. broken on the floor could it potentially lead to a bad thing. <laughs> I just want to check. Could have just been the end of the world. Um, I'm really not comfortable with <laughs> is, this. Is whole... a Yeti now going to come? Like... A genie coming <laughs> a genie. out, like you. Right, right. a djinn, like, a genie. Right. Look, it's is this just an innocuous broken pot, or is a Yeti going to come step on my toes? I, I just want to know. I really don't know the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> She's well, looking at you like I don't know. Fascination why. with the Yetis. Yeah. <laughs> She's really <laughs> like I don't understand why you're so upset. Westerners. Like, yeah. We're going to end up being killed by an Asiatic bear. Right. A, a panda. <laughs> John. I love pandas. Mauled by a panda. John wants to, uh, John asks her, you know, as the men are eating, he, you know, kind of uh, as an aside, you know, he points out their weapons and he's like, all, all of these, uh, all of these uh, new people that are joining us are practiced with those weapons. Oh, yes. Yeah. These are, these men live in the hills most of the year and come down and are swapped out by Ying Ko, you know, for a season. So they live up here quite a bit and they are his carriers or porters to get items into India um, that are dropped that he is arranging for clients. So, yes, these men are quiet and good with their guns. Time might come where we need them. She says, I, I, I hope not, but I hope that we are able to get the girls and my husband back safely and no more violence, no more bloodshed. I would hope this is a nightmare that I wake up from or can be resolved peacefully if possible. Yeah, she Don, really isn't looking. Nods at her. Yeah, she's really not looking to do any more damage if she doesn't have to. But by the same token, she wants everybody back. And if she has to do something drastic, she will. It's her family. Uh, food goes by, you know, the hour is... Is there's a lot of joking among the men that have arrived, a lot of teasing. Ladies, appearances, not a role, just a number. 
Faye? 75. Catherine, 75. Faye? 60. 55. Catherine, there's a lot of men mostly looking at you, mostly oogling you. They live in the mountains a lot um, for long periods of time. You're pale like snow. You have that beautiful smile that warms hearts no matter... Oh, wait, that's, that's Faye Ella. Yeah, um, no. That's you, none of us. <laughs> I think that's John. That's <laughs> wow. smile wow. that warms wow. all our hearts. Hey, I smile. Rude. So, no, he was talking about me. Um, this, this is one of the, the men, but with a slightly longer pant. Um, <laughs> this, is, this would be a, a, a Nepal climber. And they're, you know, at varying ages. Anywhere from like... 20 up to 30, 35. And, um, yeah, Catherine, you, there's a lot of, as you walk by, you don't want to say cat calls because they're more gentlemanly than that, but you're definitely getting a, a vibe that there would be no problems if you needed to stay warm. One of them would help. They would be more than willing to give you an assist. How's that? Sid, good? Sid's nodding yes. That's good. Sid said yes. Um, that's his call. Sid understands. Sid, Sid understands <laughs> how it's going. Well, seeing as how I'm wearing more outerwear than everyone. Right. I'm rather toasty. All is well. Good. I'm not unkind. These are strange men that we don't know that we're relying on to help us with guns. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be unkind to them. Right. It's like... Eh. But you're not doing, I'm, like, calisthenics in front of them or workouts or yoga stretches. You're not doing no, anything no, like that. No, <laughs> no. I'm, Dad, I'm... Keeper, I'm... Let me straight leg and pick this up. And in oh, no. oh, my There's... backpack. <laughs> oh, God, no. My pencil. Um, I've, if I haven't made it clear enough, dear listeners, Catherine is sitting by the fire in a ball of outerwear. Just vibrating with cold and rage. Like, not, it's I'm not so that cold yet. You're still good. That's Maybe the that's point. what's turning them on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the ball of cold and rage. <laughs> that's the point. Like, she's not... Okay, she's never happy to be anywhere. But now I'm cold. Right. At least I was warm before. She's like, now top, I'm frid- of, she's like top of mountain. She trembles and is icy cold. Oh, oh my god. god. No, 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 no. We are. Stop it. All right. So okay. the hour goes up. They start picking up. Um, it's anybody who has a watch, John, Sid, ladies, It it's dead on almost an hour. Like, wow, that was actually like 30 seconds shy of an hour. These guys, they, they know the cycles of life. They know their rhythms of their body. They know how long things take. Um, they're immediately, you know, checking guns. They stand up. Everything is done in a very practical fashion. So you stand, you see them stretch a little bit, get their bodies kind of warmed up a little bit again. They take the last couple swigs of water. They lock it away. They put, they cap it, put that away. They check guns. They make sure the levers are in action. They're not too cold. Everything's good. They check sights. Nothing's bent. Every, they put that back in their backpack. They kind of go through like this five or 10 minute routine uh, that you're going to become very familiar with over the next few days. This is going to be the way they, they operate. Uh, they leave very little chance. They don't like to get caught with surprises. Uh, the, the natural environs up here are dangerous enough. They don't want to screw something up, which could cause them to lose a man or one of their team. They, the one who was the, the scout, he kind of gets himself set up, organized. He has the lightest backpack. 
you notice now that he's carrying the least weight. And he starts making his trek out, and he goes up, up, and then rounds behind some rocks, and you see him moving again. And if you use binoculars, they give him a good 25, 30-minute head start. They now are helping all of you with your packs on, making sure everybody's got the weight distributed right. Chorgi's there. She's all set up. They talk, and now they they start setting out. And they're interdispersed. Uh, one will take the lead. One will stay in the very back. And then the other three, because the one is scouting, the other three in, uh, with Chorgi are milled about amongst you all, and you're making the climb. With um, how many hours have gone by? What what would be about the estimated time that we are probably ahead about two thirty uh, right gang? now, and they want to climb for at least another four hours till about six six thirty. And about how far are we estimating we're ahead of Muller right now? When you landed, the the goal was to be at least eighteen hours ahead of him. So right now, and that's only again if he's moving without stopping the whole time. Right now, you should be a day to a day and a half ahead of him, at least. Like, you've got good ground on him. And you got six guys with rifles. So if it comes down to it, you could slow him down even more if you have to. <laughs> you know what? That Muller is a slippery one. You right. Know, he's, he's, I mean, I, I watched Aveline, you know, I, I watched Aveline put two bullets in his head and in his chest and me one in his head, and he's standing there. Right. So I'm not going to assume anything when it comes to Absolutely. Him. I get it. Catherine? This may be... Something weird to say and not uh, conducive to our time constraints. Is there anything we can do to further slow him down? Yes, you could. If he's coming this route, you believe he... I mean, you can talk to the guides. Make um, an avalanche. You you can start setting booby traps, but... A... That also cues him off that we're here. Yeah. It's not a bad plan, Lauren, if he was only a few hours behind you and knew you okay. were ahead of him. I would say by all means... The 30, 40 minutes to set something up and possibly kill a few of his men would definitely even the odds. But right now you have surprise and the speed factors on your side. I would say push forward if you can. Yeah, so let's keep that edge. Okay. okay. No. Yeah, the the opportunity to, to set up an ambush at some point. It's a, it's a thought for Not later. a bad idea. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it may come down to that for one specific reason, and I'm glad you brought it up. None of you are conditioned to do this for four days. None of you. You all are in decent shape. Sid, yes, to some, yes. But I have have a very high survival in winter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a survival winter. So, yes, Sid, you. But you can only go as fast as your slowest member. And he is bringing with him himself and 16 prototypes for the SS. These guys are now, are they? They're Germans, so they're used to the cold a little bit. Not maybe at these altitudes, so that will slow them. But they are military. They march with packs. They train with packs. They are not civilians. They are going to move at a better rate than you once they're in motion. So, yes, to Scott's point, we're 18 hours ahead. But how long do we hold that level? That's going to be as as fast as your pace allows. And that's going to be based on con rolls coming up as we go. So... Some of this will be random on how quickly they make their, their distance. But 18 hours is a lot. I mean, that's a good clip. So, yeah, Sid? Yeah, it's also good to point out, too, that we're only ahead of them and them not knowing until they reach our foot until they reach our, our um, footfalls in the snow. So once far, they you're know still that okay. Yep. Once they reach the point at which they start seeing 
the footfalls that we left behind in the snow or the dirt and mud, then they'll know that somebody's ahead of them and they'll know a decent amount. It's, you know, it's a small group. It's a large group, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't give away. It's you. Torgi. Right. Correct. Torgi, correct. Exactly. Well, correct. and Torgi's the one that's leading them, right? They're, they don't know this region. They may not, you know, they may not necessarily recognize, you know, those, those trail signs. Torgi would, but he's not going to tell them. No, right? he would never give away he's the not fact help that them. locals. He's not going to help them in any way. So they're kind of fish out of water right now. I'm yep. thinking. Yeah, they are. Conditioning a little better, but like you said, and if it, let's be honest, to Catherine's, if you're able along the way to leave any signs that could be interpreted between the family that th- you're ahead of him, he may be able to stall. By going a longer route, switching things around, that may be right. a way of stalling them without letting on that you're here. So a subtle, you know, a, a camp off to the side, some, you know, something even, shifted. Even uh, they might have, uh, you know, there, there's there's some cultures that I've studied that have uh, means of stacking rocks yep. as uh, forms of communication. Cation. They may have some sort of communication ability with uh, with uh, rock stacks or what have you um, that. You know, as a matter of fact, I'll, you know, John will, John will ask Chorgi about that. To, yeah, and you know, I'll give you that answer. Yeah. Instead of walking away, you know, starting to walk. Yeah, uh, well, you know, and you guys are now, yeah, you're, you're walking. Catherine, you had a quick comment? Across another one of those broken pot ladies, we can maybe, obviously, um, the Nepalese language isn't going to be familiar to Muller, but if we, I don't know, take something to write on a rock with, like, hi, Torgi. Um, we're alive, we're okay. On a rock, it's like, oh, what does that say? Yeah. It says Bob Smith. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Some, These are all great, like great ideas. And rock stacking in with Sherpa is a form of some communication. It's usually for bad ice flow or danger. They'll stack rocks up to say, hey, watch where you're walking in here, it's bad. But if you left that on a pure flat of ground and left a, a stack saying dangerous ice, he'd be like, what? My people, somebody's yeah. here that I know. Like, who yeah. would do that Maybe here? Something that doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yep. So, great idea. We'll definitely employ that. Um, d- definitely, everybody. That was good. Putting your heads together, trying to think of a way to to make this more into your favor because of you know the situation that is uh, going to be evolving around you as you climb higher. So, rest of the day goes by uneventful. Everybody, go ahead and give me a spot hidden, though. That'll be helpful at this point. Boss for the end of the day, star. what we see. That is a 90 for Mr. John. Ooh. Which, frankly, Ella, is not that far off of what, what Spot Hidden would be. <laughs> Ella smacks her head into something in the air, an icicle, a tree, a rock. Something. It, it's, it's not good. It, it's 92. Well, get him out now, okay? It's good to get rid of him. Uh, Catherine? Hard success. Faye? Faye also got a hard success. Okay, so... High five, lady. Nice. Faye, Catherine, you, you, you know, as you're climbing up again, Faye's eyes happen to spot something. And this time it's one of those, uh, the clay maidens intact off to the side. And it's kind of positioned where there's rocks, a little bit of an overhang. Um, as you, you know, you're, you're making way up. There's this, these broken boulders and stuff that have been there for, you know, ages. And it's been placed near there to kind of keep it safe. And, it is painted, but the paint on this one is faded. It's intact, though. It's it's the full five feet. It does have, at the top of the bell, 
where, like I said, it was a snowman-looking thing. It was the bottom uh, semi, you know, sort of sits there, and then it has this round. It's painted with a face. It's got in the in the front of the clay, the clay or the pot. It has two little arms that sort of resemble human hands, and it it's it's there. And the the guides and everybody just keep walking. They don't even go anywhere near it. It's about twenty five feet off to the left hand side. Want to try and just make a mark on this, or you know, use it as a sort of hello, we're here. Does Chorgi have anything on her that her husband would recognize as hers that we could leave on the clay maiden that he might notice and say, hey, my wife's been up here. They're forging ahead. Yes. She has a her hat. She has a skull cap that's knitted, as, you know, by by herself that she's worn on a bunch of different checks. It's in her backpack for higher altitudes, but she could... She could definitely give that up. I'll give her my hat then no, for her to use. Stop giving away and stop being Faye for two seconds. Oh you, my God. You're a Westerner. You, cold to you is San Francisco. This is, wow. this is the freaking top of the world. Keep your hat. The Nepal, the Nepal lady will put her hat on the clay maiden. However, Keep so your head on. right. So you oh, approach wow, her. Steal her hat. I, you're not. You approach her and ask her if she's. It, go ahead and let's role play that out because the answer is going to be no. <laughs> but go ahead. I explained to her how I think we should leave a sign behind for your husband, so that he knows that we passed through here safely. And he knows that we're ahead, and it'll. Maybe give him the idea to help slow them down so that we can get ahead and get what we're looking for and plan, make a plan to get your family back. It'll uh, buy us time. I, this is a good plan. We, I, I can talk to them, to my nephews and friends and, and see what, what they, what they have in mind. Did, did you, you had a plan? Did you think of something? Uh, the plan to get everyone back. We're still working that out. We're still brainstorming, but this will buy us time. It might buy us time. But I think that if he sees, if your husband sees something that he knows is yours, then he might be able to slow their group down a little bit. Okay. She keeps walking. Do you tell her you want to do it with the clay maiden? Oh, yeah. No, I thought I made that obvious. Yeah, I told her that I want to leave. She won't touch it. She's like, no, no, that's bad. Okay, I can touch it. No. No, that's bad. I already touched one. You shouldn't have. It was broken. That one's intact. You don't want to touch that. That's for the god of the ma- we no. No. If we can I I I thank you so much. I and I love your idea and we can use it, but not on that. That is intact. That is a watcher for the dead. That is someone hoping someone comes back. I to touch that that is no good. Don't want hey. to do that. Doesn't have to be that, then. We'll look for Agreed. something else. She's great. thinks this is a brilliant thing to do, awesome. just not we don't, with that. We don't have to use that. It was just Fine. a rather noteworthy landmark, but yeah. okay. And there's many others to her people and to her husband, but he w- if he saw something of hers on that, it would probably put him into a, f- a f- state of fear. That's fair. Superstitious... Uh... Yeah. superstitious nature. He would think it's a bad omen or something. Yeah, if this is not a good thing to find your wife, you know, her her hand-knit hat 
force down on the head of a clay man and be like, ah! <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm from New York. I don't know any better. All you right. Did, we'll make, we'll, it was a we'll great suggestion, just not there. Yeah, we'll do it along the way. Um, you do see some tracks in the snow by the end of the day. Not, it's just animal tracks, you know, oh and not pack animals. Um, mountain goats, uh, st stuff like that. Things that are of the winter of these climates, sitting up high in the in the thing. Birds have landed and pecked around and then moved off. And the first day's climb goes uneventful. You have no problems. However, by time you get to where the, the first stopping point is, there's not really a lot of good places to hide. They tell you as the light is fading, we would have to walk another hour to get to a place that we would normally want to camp. But we were starving. We, you know, we thought we'd make better time. We can push, but I can see you're all getting tired. It's it's up to you. We, we, you know, I don't know how close these other men are. As long as we safe? use, what's that? Is it safe to continue after dark? I mean, we can. We know the area. I, it wouldn't be. It would be at fading light. It wouldn't be at pure dark. You know, we would do that. We would just have to really pick up our pace for about an hour. John looks over at Sid and just kind of. Just waits for his response to see what he thinks. Yeah, no, I think so. Yes. So if you have a survival... Push on. Yeah, he's good. Push on, Sid? Yeah. Right, Joel? All right. Yeah, I'm good. Push on. Yeah, I'm good. So if I'm you good. have a survival skill winter, you don't have to make this roll right now. I have wilderness. That's still okay at this altitude. Great. Thank Next you. day, it's not going to be so good. That's okay. okay. I'll so take what I can get. anybody else with survival winter or wilderness... Everybody else I just, just make have a con straight roll. up survival. Yep. Everybody else just make a con roll. Wait, you want me to make a con roll with your minus uh -huh. eight? Okay. Eighty six. John. John, no. Okay. Twenty three is a hard success for Faye. All right. I got a ahead. I got a sixty, which is a success. My con is a seventy minus eight would be sixty two. So I got a sixty. Okay. No. So hold on. Got a here. good con there. John one toe schoolie. Oh no, John. Oh god, Catherine's pamphlet was useless. Useless. Alright, so you um, only take it's, it's only a D three. So you're taking a D three hit points at the end of the night. Again, this is recoverable. You're just starting to wear down. It is it is taking its toll on you. It is it is more than you expected. Uh, folks, when we're doing this part of the game, there are people who can go up to 18,000 feet and and feel fine. And then, unfortunately, there's some that get to 16,000, 17,000 feet base camps and they start to feel weird. It, it's it's just one of those things. Not And it's, it's nothing to do with how strong you are. It's Some people get it, uh, some people don't. And right now, John is just experiencing a little bit of, you know, uncomfortableness. And the push was a lot. But within the hour, everyone my, is safely battered down. My blood oxygen level is <laughs> just a little off. It's not good. It's just a little um, off. I take one point of damage. Yeah, that's all. No big deal. For um, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's only one point of damage. He's just a little tired. Yeah. You know, pat him on the head and send him to bed. Okay. Pretty much. As your medical professional, <laughs> that's my advice, John. Just have a nap and, you know, have a good breakfast. That's your official morning. prescription? Official, official prescription. prescription. A pat on the head. Or, you know, <laughs> like also, drink some fluids. Fluids, a good breakfast, a nap, pat on the head. Also, keep abiding by the five Fs. Right. The big five Fs. I'm good with all of that. Excellent. Good. So, night one, let's talk about weather conditions. Who would like to make the weather roll? Ooh, not Kayla. No, not me. 
Um, I'll make it. I'll make it if you want. No. All right, Sid. Come on, Sydney. Roll a D one hundred, please. So percentiles, and tell me, and I'll see what you get. Higher the worst. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a seventy-five. Why? But who wants oh, snow? Did, did I, I feel like feet of snow? I feel like the dice have like it's called karma, bitch. When I survive. Yeah. <laughs> with well, my ninety something parachute fail. Well, it's all your fault, Kayla. It's all your fault. I know. Oh, I know. Lord. I'm so sorry, guys. We're all going to die of frostbite. No, not yet. I'm not. <laughs> We're going to look not like yet. Jack Nicholson I'm abiding by the, the five of... Fs. I just said so. Right. <laughs> so, at about 1 a.m., a squall comes in pretty hard, pretty unexpected. Just The weather just turned overnight, and the temperature dropped low enough, and it dumps between 2 a.m. and sunup at about 7 a.m., it dumps about six inches of snow. Fortunately, you walk that extra hour because you got to a place where most of the wind and snow was buttressed out. You were in a like a half circle off the side of one hill, and they had put your camp in where they could actually have a fire and it wouldn't reflect all over you know, the tops of hills and everything. It was only a certain direction they would see it. And that's not where you came from. So they used the lay of the land to protect you. If you had decided not to push on with that weather roll, people would have been suffering today. But because you made the right call and you got to a mitigated circumstance of shelter, you are in much better shape. This was a much better thing to do. And, gotcha. and that six inches, yeah, that six inches of snow became much more manageable. Uh, than it would have been if you were in tents in the open ground, the wind, the cold, especially, uh, you know, with how much it, the weather turned so badly. Okay, Sid, it's morning, sun's coming up, so that's negatives. So what happens during the day at this time of year is ev the worst, even if you roll really terrible, it mitigates it somewhat for sunlight and, and daytime. So you would have to roll a critical fail for this snow to continue, all right? Anything else okay. is pretty much going to get more temperate. For this area. So go ahead and give me another roll. Just don't roll over a 90. So minus what it is. Yeah. So snow has dissipated. Winds are dying down. They're down to about 15, 20 miles an hour. Gusts of about five. So definitely better than yesterday. Sky looks pretty good. You start your next day's trek after eating. And you're making your way up. Now you're up to about... Today you're going to end at around 14.5. 14,500 feet. At about 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so you've been walking for a while, your progress is getting a little bit winded. Things are getting a little slower. Um, the guides are pushing, and you're eating as you walk. Sometimes they, you know one person will stop, and then they'll fall back a little bit, and one of the gentlemen with the guns stays with you. Another time, you know somebody else will stop for water, and people will pass. But you try not to let anybody fall too far behind, more than about maybe 30 yards tops. But at 1 p.m., the the guides start coming together around Chorgi, and they're they're talking, and she turns to you and says, our scout hasn't been seen for some time. It's been, he's an hour overdue. They're starting to get a little concerned that something might be wrong. So we're going to push one more hour and if he hasn't signaled to them, and you're all like, how the hell is he signaling to them? You're not, you haven't seen anything. He gets up, he moves, and doesn't come back till, you know, later in the day. Uh, but she says if there has been no signal, they don't want to go too, too far ahead. Um, 
they want to stop and then try to search for him. Uh, it, this is not a place to lose anyone yet. He should be fine. We just want to make sure of that. No, that's completely understandable. I mean, I don't know. Have we reached areas where there are crevasses yet or no? No, that'll be tomorrow. The The base of an ice flow will be tomorrow and it'll be a little treacherous because it's warm enough that it could be an issue. She says, but here he should have no problem with his footing yet. Of course, whatever you think is best. Yeah, she says, we know that, you know, they know our family is in danger and our goal is to get you there and, and prepare for the arrival of, of these men with, with, our, with my children and husbands. So we won't delay long, but there is a rule that we must at least search. You know, this is, he is family too and, and risking himself to get us to the top, you know, to the lake. The signal comes about 45 minutes later. It comes in the form of just a quick flash of light almost. You're not sure what he used, if it was just a mirror, reflective surface, uh, the side of a hatchet. But you see a, one of the guards look, guides looks up and way up in the hills, far off to your left, you see a very tiny lone figure and you get two pulses of light. It turns and makes its way on again. So they're all like much happier. They're breathing easier. Everybody's, you see their spirits lighten. This was a good thing. Catherine? It's coming from the right direction, right? It's coming from the direction they expect they were looking for him. Okay, good. They kept looking this way for him as they were climbing. And, you know, like I said, about 45 minutes later, sure enough, he, f he just gave them a quick flash of light. Just looking out for everybody. Understood. Skeptical about everything. Yep. Uh, Perfectly understandable. Perfectly Rule understandable. Rule number one of Cthulhu and Cairo. Trust nothing Thing. the Keeper tells you. Right. All right. So day's end is coming up. Uh, this is the last of the of the safe climbs. So everybody just go ahead and give me another con roll for the day. John, as long as you make this con roll, the hit points come back from the days, you know, even with the day's exertions, you're good. If not, they just don't go any further. They don't go back. If you miss it, that's different. Critical fail will be do, different. Do Sid and I make that's this a con roll? Catherine, you have to start because you're getting at a higher elevation. Sid, you're still okay. You don't have to make it. I got a critical success. Critical Actually, success. I did. Here. I did as well. Good. Thirteen. So, John, you're fine. They your also your got HP's a coming back. Success. Your your oh, blood God. your blood levels are normal. Your oxygen levels. Everybody else is good. Okay. Golden. They all got critical successes. That means we're all going to get critical fails. The next they come round. around. Hey. They come up and around this this um this level area where you know they're gonna they, they climb a little bit. And, and again, it's it's inclined, but it's not so steep that your hands and knees climbing yet or having to lean in and kind of shimmy. That, uh, that's We're getting to that point, but not yet. And as they round this bend, heading in the direction, again, heading where their scout should have been off to that left side, as you come around, you see nine of these clay pots together, all in a big, in a circle, all pretty much almost touching very close by, very near, and the, the guide stops, and the scout is standing next to the circle of clay pots. And he's got his gun in his hand, and he looks at all of them. He you know, sees you guys coming up around the corner, and he goes, shh. I stopped it in my drive. Yeah, motions. Stop. Yeah, stop immediately. Okay. Kind of stop and lean down, take a knee. Yep, everybody kind of goes low. He comes up, points to the two men, with their, his eyes, the two men in that are near Chorgi, and points down into the ground. And one comes, looks back and goes, Big cat. Like a mountain-eating people cat? Very big cat. Look at Paul. Oh my. So 
you see him lean down and take his hand. And when he puts his hand down spread, his thumb and pinky are still inside the paw print. She, oh, I hate that. She looks back at you and says, very, very big cat. Like, normally big? No. Never oh. this big. Not no, seen oh. this big. Um, okay, that's what abnormal means, okay? <laughs> um. <laughs> abnormal? No. Very rare. Not seen. <laughs> God damn it! Well, hmm. what do we do? Make a lot of noise? Scare it off? What? Leave out some food? Why would, why would we do that? Why would we make noise? I don't know! He looks back, John, he looks at you the, and the guide standing next to you more, you know, central to the back end of the pile and points to the clay pots and goes, all new here. All of these pots are new? Yeah. They're Real freshly fast. painted. Yeah, thank you. How did they get up there? There's, we have more than nine in the group, right? Like, I'm... Yes. You're 11. Okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... Holy shit. Oh, That's great. Action <laughs> pots. <laughs> Which one's no, my just, pot? You know. <laughs> Cthulhu's the everybody, best. Everybody just sees Faye just silently going. Oh. And then she's kind of looking around and she points a finger to herself. And then she just sighs and she goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> There's the, the fact that a horror game makes people go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven. Not that okay. we've seen eleven pots since we started. Oh, we, you have. Oh, God. No. No, I'm over. Where's this big cat so I can shoot it and just get this over with? Where's I'm the big so cat done. so I can shoot myself and headbutt it and go home? <laughs> I would never headbutt an animal. I don't want to end up in its jaw. Headbutt a person, no problem. Well, I thought that was like a concerning thing. Like, you know, I'm a member of the SPCA. I don't headbutt animals. Right. <laughs> Sarah, somewhere Sarah McLaughlin starts singing. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Big cats. <laughs> Alone in the snow. Alright, so <laughs> For 28 cents a day, you can help a big cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can fall prey to this big cat. They they are absolutely, you don't need a psychology role to get the lay of the land that they are very concerned by nine pots new up here, which can happen, but nine together and that cat print doesn't equate to good things to them. So... When, you know, Sid, you look at it and everything else, those cat prints do not look old. Catherine? Could it be a Yeti? Oh my god. Not unless it's, it's cat. I want a Yeti. <laughs> it's not, it was never a Yeti. It's a cat. It's I'm a just cat. saying. It's, it's cat a prints look, large. Cat prints look like cat prints. They don't look like <laughs> a Yeti. I swear to god. I, they I, always I've look seen, kind of the same. I've seen right. prehistoric cats in, you know, museums before. Okay. You know, this, this, it's it's possible, you know, a land of the lost type of thing. And one is some sort of prehistoric beast has survived up in this. Uh, you know, Sabertooth cat. Look, yeah. we've gone it's back possible. in time. We've gone back in time. I had these. 
undead looking things toss me around in a graveyard, I'll believe anything. Yeah. If it's a prehistoric cat, honestly, that's probably the most normal thing that we've encountered. So, true. You know, the the bring one it on. big advantage, they didn't have bullets back in the prehistoric <laughs> that's days. That's true. You are, you are <laughs> damn right. All right, so, so are we are we drawing our weapons? What are we going to do? Well, that's, they're, yeah, they're that's what they're talking about. They're deciding whether or not, I mean, obviously it, we're, they're in it, it's in its hunting ground. To stay here, not great. But the, oh, yeah, the, we've got to keep going. Yeah, the scout was concerned enough to bring himself back and says he felt as if he was being watched. That's why he took so long to signal. He's like, I could have sworn something was tracking me. But we were pushing on to try to meet up with the scout, right? Yeah, he's here. So he he met you but, at the pots. But meaning it's 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 night now. It's, we were pushing an extra hour to try to meet the scout, right? Or is it still daytime? No, this is daytime. You it's you're here about three oh, thirty. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, you rounded a so, bend, and he happened to be standing there with a gun, like don't say anything. <laughs> like, so we're all on high alert, and we hot footed the hell out of here. Out of here. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, this is important to ask too. What direction did the? What direction were the paws going in? Were they moving away from us? Were they moving towards us? Were they circling? Circling the pots, and then they moved uphill ahead okay. of um, you. Awesome. Okay. So, so essentially, right. That, the whole. Having seen that last pot, just kind of, you know, I, I saw how uh, how upset Chorgi, or not upset, but yeah. you know, she definitely was like, yeah, leave yeah. the pots alone. Um, so <laughs> respecting, you know, their, their feelings and beliefs on that, John wants to try to get as close a look to these pots as possible. Do they, do they look similar to the, you know, are, are they in the vein of the previous one that yep. we saw and descriptions of what they had said, you know, these look like they are, you know, in the same vein as the native pots that have been brought up here. They're not something different or special. No, 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 same thing, but you can, you can walk around them. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Well, that uh, critical success was nice while it lasted. That is back to a 91. Ooh, okay. John gets more fascinated with his shoelaces as he's... Ella, anything you want to do about the pots, or you just want to get out of here? If they were made by people, I want to see what kind of animal it is, so... If I touch it, will they get? they'll get mad at me, right? Well, why would you touch the pots? Because I want to see who died. That's She's trying to like get an idea animal. of what's going on. Oh, with her the animal. Touch the paw print. Don't maybe not the. Can I get that close to it? The paw or print or the pot. The paw print. You can walk yeah, you right can up to the paw, paw print. Yeah, touch the. Paw oh, print. okay. I thought we were all standing low and not moving, but okay. You can, I, no, you can sneak in. I will. The paw prints. I touch a paw print. Mm-hmm. I touch a paw print, and where is that ability? That would be a 30, which is a regular success. Off of clairvoyance. Okay, so roll a D. So you've already done clairvoyance. We know you know how to do mm-hmm. it. So ro- yeah. I'm not going to make you roll that again. So just roll a D6 and add plus one to it. And that's how many seven. magic points you have. Seven. You burn seven magic points and it's going to take seven minutes to get a read. Ah. Uh, You're really going to go into as, a deep as trance. I see what, well, as I see what Ella's doing. Shit. I kind of, I, I, I just go to the side to Chorgi real quick and to say, you need to take a few minutes. Are we okay just to wait a few minutes? Yeah. Catherine, give me an intel roll. Uh, that's a 63. That's a regular success. There's no other way that I could have done this, so it had to go under intel. Something smells wrong. What kind of wrong? 
like waste. Guys? Like number two waste? Yeah. Guys? <laughs> Not cat. No. Guys? <laughs> guys, I smell, um, I'm, I'm not going to be delicate about this. Uh, having had, uh, in my profession, you often get yeah. accustomed to yeah. bodily fluids. Um, I shit themselves. That's, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. happens. Um, there's a lot of poo in the air. There's a lot of poo smell. Is, is that, is that's not normal. Well, wait, wait a minute. So, is, but the smell you're smelling, is it like animal, animal poo? As in like we're close to its lair kind of thing. Dead. Nope. And its Keeper. territory, where it's, market, where it's marking its territory. Keeper. You think it's emanating from one of the pots. Um, I sort of respectfully approach a pot. Is the smell getting stronger? You notice that one of the seals on the pot isn't perfectly set. And there is smell of urine and and feces coming from the inside of the pot. The guys Uh, look at you and they're like, they're watching you get near it. And they're not happy about you like Um, (laughs) sniffing around the pot. It's Chorgi, mm-hmm. and which of the other guides best speaks English? I, well, I was over. Her. I was over speaking to Chorgi. So yeah. if you're saying Braj. something, I can oh, be like yeah. Chorgi. It's Raj and Chorgi. Braj, um, B-R-A-J. Braj. Sorry, Braj. Thank you, Braj. Chorgi, excuse me. Come here. They creep over towards you. Do you smell anything? I, I'm not. I'm trying not to alarm them. Braj looks at you and kind of. Chorgi's not picking it up yet, but he kind of senses something's off. Want to be respectful? The pot smells. Everybody it's- besides Catherine, make a listen. They did not that, make it. I'm going to. What you don't hear? You no, know, I got that. I got that. That that gift of luck from you. Yeah. So I rolled a fifty-six. I'm gonna burn a little luck and make that a success. Everybody, the the guide steps back. Chorgi steps away. What do I hear? Tapping the, the- on the inside of the pot. Yeah. Oh my god, they put people in the pots! No, oh my god, they put people in the pots! I'm yeah, out. Catherine starts screaming, they put people in the pots. <laughs> what is off with you? Wait a minute, off in the distance. And the guide goes, shots! And that's where we'll end it tonight. <laughs> oh my god, no! Oh, there's, there's a man stuck in there and there's a big cat! No! Yeah, but no, what you don't understand, I think what they're doing is they're taking live people, putting them in pots up on the mountain as sacrifices That's to bring what, back yeah. people who have died. No, yes. Yeah, it's no different ah. than like Dragon Slayer, right? It's These people are probably forcibly put up there, maybe even children. Well, they you had to bring in children? Guess we're going to find out. The size of the pot. <laughs> think of the size of the pot. Did I have to bring in children? Jill, you they're, bastard! They're, they get assigned a pot. That is not better. Pots. These are not large people. So, they may be kids, they knew what they were getting into. But from all of us here at Cthulhu and Cairo, uh, on the tops of the no. mountains, getting close to the top of the world where Rupkund is, I'm Raz. I want to thank my players, as always, uh, for the chair and for all their love and skills that they put into this game. Love the idea of leaving the, the marks for Torgi, everything that's going on. There's a lot more to find out up here, trust me. But we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.